Section twelve of O Henry Encore by O Henry. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Phil Schempf. Simmons Saturday Night. How a guileless cattleman saw the sights in Houston. One fine Saturday afternoon, a young man got off the nine ten p.m. Katy train at the Houston depot, and looked about him in a rather bewildered way. He was deliriously pastoral in his appearance, and presented an aspect almost as rural as that of a young countryman upon the stage as depicted by our leading comedians. He wore a very long black coat of the cut that has perpetuated the name of the late Prince Albert, such as is seen on Sundays at country churches, a pair of pantaloons too short for somewhat lengthy limbs, and a wondrously tied scarf of deep crimson spotted with green his face was smoothly shaven and wore a look of deep wonder if not apprehension and his blue eyes were stretched to their widest as he viewed the sights about him in his hand he carried a long carpet bag of the old style made of some shiny substance resembling black oilcloth this young gentleman climbed nervously upon an electric car that was pointed out to him as going into the center of the city and held his carpet-bag upon his knees clasping it with both hands as if he distrusted the other people upon the car as the car started again with a loud hum and scattering of sparks he grasped the arm of the seat in such a startled way that the conductor could not repress a smile when the young man was approached for his fare he opened the carpet-bag pulling out a lot of socks and handkerchiefs and after searching for some time drew forth an old-fashioned beaded purse from which he drew a nickel and handed it to the conductor when the car arrived at main street the young man requested that it be stopped and climbed off he wandered up the sidewalk stopping to look with awe and admiration in the jeweller's windows and his long boot heels and awkward mincing gait caused much amusement to passers-by then it was that a well-dressed gentleman wearing a handsome light melton overcoat happened to pass and his beautiful malacca gold-headed cane accidentally touched the elbow of the verdant-looking young man i beg a thousand pardons said the well-dressed gentleman it's all right partner said the young man with a friendly smile you ain't done no damage you can't phase a texas cowman with no plaything like that don't mention it the well-dressed man bowed and went leisurely on his way the young man stumbled on up main street to a corner then turned in a nameless way to the right and walked another block there he looked up and saw the illuminated clock in the market-house tower and drawing from his vest pocket an immense silver watch fully as large as a saucer he wound it up with a key and set its hands with the clock in the tower while he was doing this a well-dressed gentleman carrying a gold-headed malacca cane slipped past and walked softly down the shady side of the street stopped in a deep shadow and seemed to be waiting for someone about fifteen minutes later the young man entered a restaurant on congress street and took his seat timidly at a table he drew another chair close to his side and deposited carefully therein his carpet-bag five minutes later a well-dressed gentleman with a gold-headed malacca cane entered in a great hurry and after hanging up his silk hat 
seated himself almost out of breath at the same table then looking up he recognized the young man whom he had seen gazing in the jeweller's window and smiling pleasantly remarked ah we meet again sir i have just had a most exhausting race to catch a train you see i am the paymaster of the southern pacific railway company and am on my way to pay off the hands down the road i missed my train by about three minutes it's very awkward too as i have nearly two thousand dollars on my person and i am entirely unacquainted in houston dod gast it colonel said the young man i'm in the same fix i'm just getting back from kansas city where i sold a drove of two-year-olds and i haven't had time to do anything with the money you beat me on the amount though i ain't got but nine hundred dollars the well-dressed gentleman took a large roll of bills from his pocket skinned off one with which to pay for his supper and returned the rest carefully to the inside pocket of his coat we seem to be about in the same situation indeed he said i very much dislike to carry so much money on my person all night suppose we form a mutual protection society and in the meantime walk about and see what sights there are to be seen in town at first the young man appeared suddenly suspicious at this proposition and became coldly reserved but gradually thawed under the frank and unassuming politeness of the well-dressed man and when that gentleman insisted upon paying for both suppers his doubts seemed to vanish and he became not only confidential but actually loquacious he informed the well-dressed man that his name was simmons that he owned a nice little ranch in Ensenal county and that this was his first trip out of texas the well-dressed man said his name was clancy called captain by his friends and he lived in dallas and was a member of the young men's christian association at that place he handed mr simmons a card on which was printed captain richard saxon clancy and below was scribbled somewhat hastily in pencil with m k and t r y dot co dot now said mr simmons when they had finished supper i'm sort of shy about proposing it you being a stranger but i'm for having a glass of beer if you don't like the scheme why excuse me and don't think hard of me for suggesting it captain clancy smiled indulgently have a care he said in a sprightly bantering tone remember you and i must take care of ourselves tonight. i am responsible to the railroad company for the funds i have and besides i rarely ever touch beer well i guess one glass won't hurt me mr simmons opened the carpet-bag and after some search found the bead purse from which he drew a dime and suggested the immediate investment of it captain clancy remembered to have heard a friend say that there was a quiet saloon on let's see what street was it after some hesitation and search they came upon a place with swinging doors where a light was hanging outside and the captain suggested that they could probably get a glass of beer within they entered and found themselves before a gorgeous bar ablaze with lights and mirrors at which lounged five or six men of a rather rough and night owlish appearance mr simmons called for two glasses of beer and when they had drunk it he laid his dime upon the counter what's eatin you said the bartender they is two for cough up some more right away once see here said mr simmons beer is five cents a glass everywheres 
don't you take me for no country jay captain clancy whispered that they had better pay what was asked than get into a difficulty it seems a rough sort of place he said and you must remember it won't do to endanger ourselves while we have our money about us let me pay the fifteen cents additional no you don't said mr simmons i guess when i treat i foot the whole bill he went down into the carpet-bag again and brought forth three more nickels just then an orchestra near at hand struck up a lively air and mr simmons turned to look whence it came the bartender winked at captain clancy and said softly struck it rich eh jimmy old boy think it will pay said the captain as softly closing his left eye at the bartender say said mr simmons whatever have you got in there pointing in the direction of the music finest high-class musical and dramatic entertainment in the south said the bartender refined and elevating specialties by distinguished artists walk in gents it's a play show by gum said mr simmons shall we go in i don't like the looks of the place much said captain clancy but let's have a look at it anyhow to pass away the time let's see it's just half past ten we can look on a while and then go up to the hotel and get to bed by eleven thirty let me pay for the tickets all right said mr simmons i paid for the beer the bartender pointed out the way through a little hallway where they entered another door and found a very glib gentleman who persuaded them to buy tickets that admitted them upstairs they ascended and found themselves in the family circle of a little theatre there were about twenty or thirty men and boys scattered about among the seats and the performance seemed quite well under way on the stage a very exaggerated irishman was chasing a very exaggerated negro with an axe while a soubrettish young lady dressed in a ruffle and blue tights stood upon a barrel and screamed something in a high cracked voice i shouldn't like it if there should happen to be anyone downstairs that knows me said the captain suppose we take one of these boxes they went into a little box screened from view by soiled cheap lace curtains containing four or five chairs and a little table with little rings all over it made by the bottoms of wet glasses mr simmons was delighted with the performance he laughed unrestrainedly at the jokes of the comedian and leaned half out of the box to applaud when the devere sisters did their song and dance and split specialty captain clancy leaned back in his chair and hardly looked at the stage but on his face was an expression of large content and a tranquil smile mr simmons kept the carpet-bag in both hands all this time presently while he was listening with apparent rapture to a topical song by mademoiselle fanchon the parisian nightingale he felt a hand laid on his shoulder he turned about and beheld a vision that seemed to take his breath away two radiant beings in white with blue ribbons and showing quite a stretch of black ribbon stockings were in the box mr simmons hugged his carpet-bag to his breast and started up in embarrassed alarm don't be shy old man said one of them sit down and buy some beer mr simmons seemed so full of blushes and perturbation for a while that he scarcely knew what he was doing but captain clancy seemed so cool and easy and began to chat so companionably with the ladies that he presently took courage and the next quarter of an hour found the four seated opposite one another at the little table 
and a colored waiter was kept busy bringing bottles of beer from the bar and carrying away empty glasses mr simmons grew absolutely hilarious he told funny stories about ranch life and spoke quite boastingly about the gay times he had had in kansas city during the three days he was there oh you're a bold bad man said one of the young ladies called violet if lillian jim i mean your friend wasn't in here i'd be real afraid of you go away now said mr simmons you know i ain't nothing of that sort bring some more beer there you colored feller the party certainly were enjoying themselves presently violet leaned over the railing and called mr simmons attention to a lady that was singing on the stage mr simmons turned his back and as he did so captain clancy quickly drew from his pocket a small vial and poured the contents into the glass of beer on mr simmons side of the waiter that had just been brought in here you all called the lady addressed as lily the beer's getting cold mr simmons and violet turned back to the table and mr simmons accidentally stumbled over his carpet-bag which he had actually set down for a moment upon the floor he fell sprawling across the table striking the edge of the waiter with his hand and nearly turning captain clancy over in his chair but spilling none of the beer excuse me he said turning very red got my foot caught i am as awkward as a cowboy at a dance well here's luck everybody drank the beer and lily began to hum a little song in about a minute violet reeled around in her chair and tumbled off on the floor in a confused heap of white muslin blondine hair and black stockings captain clancy seemed much vexed he shot a steel-blue flash from his eyes at lily and said something very much like d blank blank in it to himself great heavens cried mr simmons this lady has fainted call a doctor or get some water or something quick say said lily lighting a cigarette don't get woozy she'll sleep it off you gents get out for a while say j mister tell the bartender to send sam up as you go out good night we had better go said the captain mr simmons with many protestations of sympathy and anxiety was led away by captain clancy downstairs where he delivered the message and thence out into the cool night air he was feeling pretty strongly the effects of the beer he had drunk and leaned heavily upon the captain's arm captain clancy assured him that the lady would be all right in a little while that she had merely drunk a little too much beer which had affected her rather suddenly and succeeded in restoring mr simmons to his former cheerful spirits it's not yet half past eleven said the captain how would you like to go up into one of the gambling rooms just to look on a while it is a very interesting sight just the thing said mr simmons they are not new things to me at all twice i have been in em in san antone saw a feller win eighteen dollars one night in this game you play with little buttons on little boards kino i believe said the captain yes that's it kino i shall not undertake to describe the locality of the apartments to which our visitors next went gambling houses are almost unknown in houston and as this is a true story the attempt to give a definite location to such an institution in a city of the well-known morality of houston would meet with incredulity neither is it clear how they managed to find such a place both of them being strangers but by some accidental blunder 
captain clancy led mr simmons up a brightly lighted and carpeted stair into a large apartment where a goodly crowd of men were gathered trying their luck at different games usually found in a well-appointed gambling house the stairway opened into the room nearly at the end farthest from the street immediately in front of the two gentlemen when they entered the room was a room in which there were two or three round tables and chairs at that time unoccupied captain clancy and mr simmons walked about the larger room for a while gazing upon the players as they won or lost in the vicissitudes and fortunes of the games the men in the room viewed mr simmons with ill-concealed hilarity his carpet-bag seemed to create a vast deal of merriment and every man in the room while betraying much amusement still gazed upon him with longing and hungry eyes as upon some choice tidbit upon which they fain would feast one fat man with a dyed moustache nudged captain clancy in the side and said gad jimmy can't you let me in on it the captain frowned and the fat man moved away with a sigh mr simmons was interested almost to excitement presently he said say i don't know how it will strike you captain but i guess i must have some sportin blood in me now i don't gamble but i'm the darndest checker player in southwest texas let's go in that other room and i'll play you some checkers and the man that loses buys a glass of beer for both of us now mr simmons said the captain raising a warning finger and smiling remember our mutual protection society i don't like this place at all we had better be out of it however i used to be the crack checker and croquet player in our young men's christian association just a game or two now they played a game or two and then they played half a dozen more the captain won every game mr simmons was much vexed he grew very red in the face as his reputation as a checker player began to vanish confound it he said i'm out seventy cents give me a chance to get even i'd give it to you if i was ahead why certainly said the captain but checkers is rather tiresome some other way suit you let's have in a deck of cards and play a few hands until you get even anyway said mr simmons his hat was on the back of his head his light blue eyes were blinking and somewhat unsteady his red and green spotted tie was almost under one ear he sat with the black carpet bag in his lap and his check trousers had drawn halfway up to his knees what oh what said the captain softly to himself have i done to deserve this manna descending to me in the wilderness this good thing dropping into my hands as if it were greased this great big soft snap coming my way without a ripple it's too good to be true the captain struck a little bell and a waiter brought a deck of cards let's call it poker said the captain mr simmons rose to his feet that's a gambling game he said severely i ain't no gambler neither am i mr simmons said the captain with a sudden dignity and a trifle of a frown a game of poker for insignificant stakes between gentlemen is entirely allowable in the circles in which i have moved and any institution oh dang it all said mr simmons i didn't mean anything i've played some on the ranch with the boys of nights for grains of corn deal em out the old story of the hawk and the pigeon has been told so often that the details are apt to weary from a stake of ten cents they rose to fifty cents and a dollar 
mr simmons won of course he had taken the bead purse out of his bag and therefrom abstracted certain silver dollars and later on twenty-five dollars in bills once he held up a package from the carpet-bag tied with a string and winked at the captain that's the nine hundred he said the captain won a pot occasionally but the bulk of the money was going to mr simmons who was jubilant but sympathetic you're out of luck he said jollily but thickly he was considerably under the influence of the beer he had drunk to all appearances the captain looked worried and anxious that's nearly all my expense money he said moodily i say simmons take off the limit and give a feller a chance to get even what's that asked mr simmons you mean bet any amount we please yes let her go said mr simmons shay this beer <laughs> make em me shorter sick mr simmons seemed to play a very loose game and his luck began to desert him he lost a large portion of his winnings on an ace full and had several fine hands beaten in a little while his velvet was gone and the next hand lost him all his little capital he grew more deeply flushed and his round light eyes shone with an excited stare he once more opened the black carpet-bag took out his pocket-knife and put both hands inside the captain heard him cut the string of the package and out came the hands grasping a mass of fives tens and twenties the carpet-bag still kept its place in his lap bring us smear beer said mr simmons loudly jolly flirts the captain play em all night for water my little fool but best checker and poker player in alcinal county deal em captain richard saxon clancy paymaster question mark of the m k and t railway company drew himself together his time had come the manna was about to descend the pigeon was already fluttering in his talons the victim was in exactly the right stage of drunkenness enough to be reckless and not too observant but not too much so to prevent his playing the game the captain coughed rather loudly one or two men strolled in from the other room and watched the game silently the captain coughed again a pale young man with gloomy eyes and an unhealthy-looking face lounged around somewhat back of mr simmons chair and listlessly looked on every time a hand was dealt or a draw made he would scratch his ear touch his nose pull his moustache or play with a button on his vest it was strange to see how much the captain watched this young man who certainly had nothing to do with the game still the captain won when mr simmons won a pot it was sure to be a small one the captain thought the time was right for his coup de grace he struck the bell and the waiter came bring a fresh deck mike he said these are getting worn mr simmons was too confused to notice that the captain a stranger in the city called the waiter familiarly by his given name the captain dealt the cards and mr simmons cut them in an awkward and bungling way then the fatal hand was dealt it was the captain's favorite four kings and the seven of spades to his opponent four aces and the deuce of diamonds to himself any other cards would do as well as the spade and the diamond but the captain had a weakness for those two cards he noticed the ill-concealed pleasure on the face of mr simmons as he gazed at his hand mr simmons stood pat the captain drew one card 
the young man behind mr simmons chair had moved away it was no longer necessary for him to scratch his ear and touch his vest button he knew the captain's coup de gras as well as he himself mr simmons clutched his cards tightly in his hand and tried in vain to conceal his eagerness the captain examined the new card he had drawn with exaggerated anxiety and heaved a sigh that intended to convey to mr simmons the information that he had made his hand good the betting began mr simmons threw in his money feverishly and quickly the captain saw each bet and raised only after affected deep deliberation mr simmons raised back gleefully drunkenly and confidently when the pot contained about two hundred dollars the captain's brows went together and two faint lines traced themselves from his nostrils to the corners of his mouth and he made a raise of a hundred mr simmons laid his hand down carefully on the table and went down in his carpet bag again this time he drew out two five hundred dollar bills and laid them on top of the pot i'm going busted on this hand said mr simmons if i didn't the boys in alcino county run me out of for a coward whoop em up cap'n send charlie over here said captain clancy to one of the bystanders the fat man with the dyed moustache came over and whispered with the captain then he went away and came back with a stack of gold and bills and counted out the thousand dollars to call mr simmons bet i call said the captain then a queer thing happened mr simmons rose lightly to his feet spread his hand face upward upon the table and with the same arm movement swept the pile of money into his capacious carpet bag with bulging eyes and a sulphurous oath the captain looked for the four kings and the seven of spades he had dealt mr simmons what he saw was a queen high straight heart flush the captain made a spring and the pale gentlemen standing about each took one cat-like step towards mr simmons and then stopped as the money went into the carpet bag there came out a blue-barreled six-shooter that now shone ominously in mr simmons hand and they looked into its barrel mr simmons gave one lightning glance to his rear and then backed towards the door don't make any mistake he said there was a blue gleam in his eyes exactly the color of the shining metal of his weapon gentlemen he said i invite you all when in new york to call at my joint at twenty five o eight bowery ask for diamond joe and you'll see me i'm going into mexico for two weeks to see after my mining plants and i'll be home any time after then upstairs twenty five o eight bowery don't forget the number i generally make my traveling expenses as i go good night mr simmons backed quickly out and disappeared five minutes later captain richard saxon clancy paymaster question mark for the m k and t railway company and member question mark of the dallas young men's christian association alias jimmy stood at a corner bar and said whiskey old man and say get a bigger glass than that will ya i need it houston daily post sunday morning april twelfth eighteen ninety six end of section twelve